0: Welcome in to This is Baseball. I'm Brandon Johnson. Let's go. So it is August 1st. The trade deadline is now after 6 p.m. Eastern. So we are officially past the deadline. And now it is time to react to the moves that happened around baseball over the last hours and few days. I want to open up the show with the Los Angeles Angels. So last week I spoke on how I felt about what the Angels should do with Shohei Otani. They have arguably a player that could be the greatest player to ever play the game on their team. They are... Four and a half games out of their division. They are three games out of the wild card spot. And you have a player in Shoei Otani that could theoretically get you the biggest haul in the history of this sport. The Angels came out on Wednesday and said nope, we are not trading Shohei Otani. In fact, we're buyers at this deadline. And I would imagine that they were getting flooded with inquiries about what's it going to take to get Shohei Otani. And I'm having trouble with the idea of keeping Shohei. I get it because if you have a a talent like that and you are as close as you are to being in the playoffs, it's not crazy to to go for it. But, you know, this is year four of Otani and the Angels, and they've yet to make the playoffs with him on their team. And you know, history will tell me that they're not going to make the postseason. So I think that the Angels have missed an opportunity. They missed an opportunity to get a decent, great package in return for Shohei Otani. So instead, what they did was they brought in a pitcher in Lucas Giolito. They they brought in Randall Grichik and CJ Crone from the Rockies, and they've depleted their. Already pretty weak farm system. And now you're in a scenario, if you're the Angels, where you only have two outcomes where this is a win. The first one is re-signing Shohei Otani in the offseason, and maybe they feel like they can. I would I think it would be crazy for them to not even be in the conversation. Or you win the World Series. And at this point, you you pretty much have to win the World Series because you you're not gonna have anything to play for after this after this is all said and done. For the Angels to make the postseason, they would need to, you know, A win their division. That would be overtaking Texas and Houston. I don't think that both of those teams are going to fall off. In fact, it's probably going to come down to the last game because there's a half-game difference between Texas and Houston for the AL West lead. So that leaves them with another option of claiming that that last wild card spot, that sixth playoff spot. They're kind of bunched up with all of the American League East teams Toronto, Toronto currently has it. Boston's right there in New York. And fortunately for the Angels, all three of those teams are playing iffy baseball at this point. So maybe, maybe there's an opening. Maybe there's a path to the playoffs through other teams falling short. Now the Angels aren't going to have it easy. They have. They're finishing up a series against the the Braves. They already took one game. They have two more against them. Obviously, the Braves are not an easy task. But if you take two out of three against them. Hey, you're going into a series against Seattle. Another team that's you know right in the mix of that playoff spot that are going to be important games to win. You go into Seattle, you lose three out of four. Hey, that's that's not a good look because now Seattle's ahead of you and. Who knows what those other teams that I mentioned in the AL East are going to do this weekend. I want to stay in the American League West and kind of knock out the New York Mets real quick. So the New York Mets, a team that has the highest payroll in the league at about $344 million this year. And The next closest team are the New York Yankees at $278 million. The Mets are, you know, a team that you know, they paid a lot of money obviously for a roster to go out there and perform and do well and take the the National League East and this season has not gone well for them. It's gone so poorly that they are sellers at the deadline. They are moving players like Max Scherzer to the Texas Rangers to to allow the Rangers to bolster their rotation. Houston also made a trade with the Mets and brought back a familiar face in Justin Verlander. And I think that the Rangers and Astros playoff push is going to be the most entertaining to watch. I still feel right now the Rangers are on top, but I still feel like the Astros are going to squeak out and take the AL West. Obviously, they're both playoff teams unless something insane happens. On the Mets front, they have pretty much said we're punting on 2024. We might be ready to compete in twenty five, but we're likely going to be a force to be reckoned with in 2026. So a team that has a very expensive roster is needing to reevaluate and have a just a real quick short rebuild and that's exactly what they did. They got a they got a ton of prospects in the deals that they made throughout the league today and over the last few days. The Baltimore Orioles were also in contention for starting pitching and they made a deal today with the Cardinals and got Jack Flaherty Jack Flaherty is going to bolster Baltimore's starting rotation and, and hopefully be a big piece of the playoff push that they're making. Now, he wasn't the only Cardinal to get dealt today. The Cardinals were in full sell mode during the trade deadline. Pretty much anybody that wasn't named Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt were up for grabs. They moved their closer Jordan Hicks and infielder Paul DeYoung to... The Toronto Blue Jays, they traded Jordan Montgomery to the Rangers. This is a team that, you know, had expectations to win this season and just never, never seemed to get it going. And a team that, again, just kind of a surprise seller, found themselves in an unfamiliar position at the trade deadline. It seemed like the White Sox were going to move on from everybody. Obviously, they traded Lucas Giolito, but they also had offers for Dylan Cease and Tim Anderson, and the trade deadline came and went, and both of those players are still on the team. This is is a team that I feel like has wasted a, a pretty good playoff window just never seemed to really be able to put it together. They had a lot of things happen between 2018 and now that just, you know, things were never in the White Sox favor. So I would imagine that a player like Dylan Cease and Tim Anderson could be moved during the off season. Now it would be irresponsible of me to be a Royals fan and not talk about the trade deadline for the Kansas City Royals. Now, over the weekend, the Royals completed their first sweep and first three-game winning streak of 2023. Yes, I'm aware that it is August, and they didn't do that until the end of July.
1: You know
0: If that kind of puts into perspective how poorly this season has gone for Kansas City, there's that. They are now... 32 and 75 and the possibility of them winning 40 games looks a lot better than it did before the weekend. In doing so, they helped kind of close the gap for Cleveland in the central, the 53 and 54 Cleveland guardians are only one game back. So there you go. But Royals couldn't possibly have anything good happen this season. Pretty much shortly after the game was done, news came out that the Royals had traded utility player Nikki Lopez to the Braves for pitcher Taylor Hearn. And on the surface, you're like, oh, Royals are making a trade with the Braves. The Braves have a pretty good organization. You're excited about getting a player from the Braves in return. Kind of confused why you traded Nikki Lopez, but sure. And then you start to look a little bit deeper at it. And you're like, oh, the Braves just got Taylor Hearn six days ago. And they optioned him to AAA. That's kind of weird. And then you keep looking. And Taylor Hearn on July 19th, was designated for assignment by the Rangers. And on July 24th, the Braves traded for Hearn in exchange for cash. I can't begin to express how stupid this looks for Kansas City to trade Nicky Lopez or any player for somebody that they could have traded for cash a week ago. They could have called the Rangers and said, hey, we'll take Taylor Hearn off your hands. But instead, they waited until the Braves had him and ended up trading more than they probably needed to for Taylor Hearn. A player that is older than Nicky Lopez, is a completely below average pitcher. Not that Nicky Lopez is, you know, really has any value himself. He's just a, a, a glove off the bench. But it just, it doesn't make a ton of sense. It's a huge oversight, in my opinion, for the Royals to do something like this. And it was probably, probably one of the easiest phone calls that General Manager of the Braves Alex Anthopoulos made. Probably didn't need to to seek any sort of counsel to make that move. Probably took all of thirty seconds. Uh, I'm sorry, you want you want Taylor Hearn? You want to just give us Nicky Lopez for Taylor Hearn? Yeah, we could use we could use a glove off the bench for our playoff run, sure. You can have this guy that we just sent down that we really didn't want in the first place. It's it's just silly. And I know that the Royals were likely going to non-tender Nicky Lopez in the offseason, and that's fine. But they really probably should have just gone that route in this situation rather than... Looking completely silly to the entire league. And I think if you're the Royals, you know, obviously, like I said, not a lot has gone right. But when you are when you're a small market team, like the Royals are, and you can't compete in free agency. You're you're not going to be in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes or in the sweepstakes for any top free agent this offseason. You've said that. We can't compete with That and free agency. We have to build our team at the draft and we have to make the right trades. Well, I think this is a scenario where you didn't really make the right trade. You traded for likely a 4A pitcher. Now, maybe he turns it around in Kansas City and... We're all laughing about this later, and we're talking about how great Taylor Hearn is for the Royals. But at this point in time, you just look goofy. And I'm starting to wonder if J.J. Piccolo really has what it takes to be a general manager in Major League Baseball. Because I keep getting told, oh, well, he's different from Dayton Moore. Him and Dayton Moore are two different people. And Well, that's true, but the reality of it is he has spent a ton of time with Dayton Moore and was part of a lot of the decisions or non-decisions that were made along the way when Dayton Moore was in charge. Now, I'll give JJ Piccolo his props. He has been significantly more transactional than Dayton Moore really ever was. And maybe this is him compensating for... Moves that Dayton Moore didn't make, as we all remember, in 2017 when Dayton Moore had the the championship core, Eric Hosmer, Lorenzo Cain, Mike Moustakis, and he opted to not deal any of them at the deadline, and he just basically let them all walk in free agency. And I think we got some compensatory picks for Hosmer and Cain's signing, but Nicky Lopez is... Not any of those players mentioned. And the only market you had for him was getting fleeced and played by the Atlanta Braves. And now you just look goofy. I'm happy for Nicky Lopez, though. Pretty average player. He had that one season where he. Filled in for Albert Almondesi, hit 300, had a great glove. But now he's on a team. Now he's on a team that is likely going to win a World Series. So go get your ring. Good for you. And other Royals news, Royals traded Scott Barlow, closer Scott Barlow, to San Diego Padres. They also traded Ryan Yarbrough to the Los Angeles Dodgers. So... You know, outside of silly moves, they they moved on from a couple pieces that had value in the trade market. And, and not to mention trading Jose Quas to the Chicago Cubs. So they made moves and uh, we'll obviously have to see how these moves pan out. Not next year. Not this year. <laughs> so... But ah, that, that Nicky Lopez that Nicky Lopez trade just kinda drove me nuts cause it just it didn't make sense. It did not make any sense to me, but you know, nothing has made sense in Kansas City this season. That's the trade deadline. Now begins the the real push for October. Let's do, a, let's do a thing and look at the postseason. If the season ended today, your division winners would be the Minnesota Twins in the Central, Baltimore in the American League East, Texas in the American League West, and your three AL wildcard teams are Tampa Bay, Houston, and Toronto. If you go to the National League, your West leader The Dodgers, Central, Cincinnati Reds, and East, the Atlanta Braves, with your NL wild card being pretty interesting, actually, because San Francisco and Philadelphia both have one, but it's a three-way tie for that last spot with Arizona, Miami, and Milwaukee. So buckle up. It's going to be very interesting and pretty fun. Now, I want to kind of change gears and share some news about something new I'll be doing. So this fall, every Tuesday, a friend of mine and myself will be hosting the Football Kingdom podcast. This is going to be a show that's going to cover the NFL as a whole, we're going to react to games, stories, news, highlights, give our opinions, and just have a good time talking about a game that we love. It's going to have a similar vibe to This Is Baseball, uh, it, just, with a, just with a co-host. And I recently got together and had a conversation with my co-host. His name is Tyler Mallon, and we... Just talked a little bit about baseball, and I figured it would be a good thing to share and get you warmed up for the Football Kingdom podcast. I will leave a link for the show in the episode description for This is Baseball. If you want to listen, our first episode is already out. It is a breakdown of the AFC and everything you're going to need to know to get prepared for the season. Our second episode will be doing the same thing, but with the NFC. So here's my conversation with my co-host of football Kingdom podcast Tyler mallon Tyler how are you doing? thank you so much for for coming on this is baseball um super excited to do the football kingdom podcast um since I got you here you know, we i wanted to kind of i wanted to talk a little bit of baseball with you. I know you and I'll be talking. Plenty of football in the, in the coming weeks, but I' going to talk some baseball. We're both from Kansas City, and you know have a background of Royals fandom. Both grew up loving the Royals. Uh, but I kind of wanted to know, wanted to hear about you know how you came to like baseball, and I'd just love to hear your your journey uh, of following the the Royals and baseball in general.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, happy to be here, long-time listener. Uh, yeah, it's... uh love your show, by the way. Um, just to put it out there, <laughs> I've already told you that in person, but uh, yeah, listen to every episode, and excited to hear what you had to say about all the, the trade deadline. Um, I know you covered the most important trade, which is the the Dodgers acquire, reacquiring Joe Kelly. Mm-hmm. You definitely talked about that, right?
0: I didn't, okay. but that's
1: okay. It's a shame. Yeah. your, your fans wanted to hear it.
0: <laughs> Joe Kelly. We'll talk about it right now. We got gotcha. you. Okay, let's go. So Joe Kelly, Dodger legend. There you go. The, uh, he really the, is. The ultimate pout face. Yes, walking off of the mound after being ejected was arguably one of the greatest moments in sports history. So yeah, my yeah. bad, complete <laughs> oversight on that.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I saw that on Twitter and I'm like, oh yeah, because you know, I've had kind of a, a a love for the Dodgers way back in the day. You know, it was it was the Red Sox, um but that again goes into Royals fandom and kind of Kansas City fandom. I'm kind of skipping way ahead here but um you know the fact that the Royals win the World Series in 85 and then proceed to not make the playoffs for 29 straight years. That's that's a different level and at at that time up until 2014 uh they had the record of like any sports you know, major league sports franchise. You know, it was twenty nine year drought, which was just brutal. And I think there's a, there's other teams um that are pretty close right now to probably already surpassing that, I think. Um, but yeah, that's kinda what it has been like to be a Kansas City fan. Like the Chiefs kinda been there in and out, like, hey, we'll we'll make some playoffs, but you're never really believing like they're going to go all the way. The Royals didn't even give us that, but hey, you love baseball. You love the Royals. Uh, And honestly, you know, it started with uh, my mom, you know, being a single parent, being raised by my mother. I'll always love her for that. You know, like getting her son, you know, into sports and baseball. She's the first person that taught me how to, you know, throw a ball. Uh, She gave me my one and only baseball glove that I still have. Um you know, it was actually a softball glove. So at the time, it's a really long, you know, um it's got a really long kind of basket. And when I would be in center field, I'd be like have my hands on both my knees and the glove was like so long it would like cover my entire shin you know this is literally a a softball glove and nobody ever called me on it cuz like i'd be in center field catching everything with this gigantic softball glove and i used it all through um you know little league and t ball and all that stuff but uh yeah i think the last time i played i was probably oh uh, probably 12 or 13 you know and just I mean, geez, we could probably do a whole podcast on Little League baseball and the positions you and I played. I'd actually like to cover that quite a bit because you were a pitcher and that was never my uh my my strength. Center field was my absolute favorite. Played some catcher for one or two innings and I absolutely hated it. Um went to I think we played a a third and fourth place game. That's, like, the the most successful team I was ever on. Um, but, yeah, past that, it's, you know, baseball movies are the best of any sport. And that's also what I wanted to come on here and say, to be like, hey, if you ever do a a, move, a baseball movie podcast, like, have me on. <laughs> I got a lot to say. You know, if we ever uh, do, like, a top five we'll, or ten.
0: We'll have plenty of time to do something sure. like that in the off season. There you go. And there's, you know, when it's December 15th and there's... You know, winter you me- go, yeah. winter meetings are done. There's nothing to talk about. We can absolutely talk some some baseball movies because I a hundred percent agree with you. Yes. They're the best out of sports movies.
1: It's unfortunate too, because football should translate to that. They've got some pretty solid ones, but baseball, you know, America's game America's pastime, it's it just has a different feel. And I can I've I have like five running through my head right now, but um <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, that's, that's really where it started, you know, just with my mom, you know, raising me as a single parent and her really showing me a love of baseball from literally, you know, playing catch with me, teaching me how to throw and, and hit. And she was like a really good softball player herself. And uh, yeah, watching Field of Dreams like a thousand times with her. and uh, um, But yeah, where did it uh, start for you?
0: Yeah. Um I you know I've loved baseball, I think probably my entire life. I know my my parents obviously got me into it. My dad, you know, they bought me a little glove, a little red and blue, like probably Rawlings glove that I still have somewhere. And then I you know, Loved Royals baseball, went to quite a few games, spent a lot of time at you know opening days and you know during yep. the early 2000s into the late 2000s and watched a lot of bad baseballs. I will say, hot take unpopular opinion that the Royals black uniforms are one of the best that have ever been made, and I wish they would bring it back. But
1: oh that anyway. that was my that was in the middle of my fandom. Yeah. You know, those nineties and late two thousands teams. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, those yeah, black I don't, don't want to step black, on your uh,
0: black tops, those black jerseys. Yeah, and the I loved blue them with, with the blue lettering. Heck yeah. yeah. Those were those were great.
1: That those were uh, the days of Mike Sweeney.
0: Mike Sweeney, you know, yeah.
1: Mike Sweeney was my guy. I know Alex Gordon was your guy. Yeah. Big, um, big Alex Gordon's a Gordon fan here. Yeah, he's everyone's guy, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, Mike Sweeney uh, was my my dude back back then
0: my first my first favorite player was probably John Buck because it's probably my first year playing baseball friend of mine took me well his family took me to a game and it was like third row back from the dugout and we were And this was before nets were a thing and oh yeah uh John Buck was standing there and I had a little hat. I saw that somewhere, but you know, we're like, Hey, John Buck, can we have your autograph? And you know, he signs it, gives it back, gives us a little like nod and smile. And I'm like, it's my favorite player right there. John Buck, shout Mm -hmm. out, shout out John Buck catcher. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so got into little league. uh, My first year, playing I think I got one hit. So Two. yeah, and it was again but it was against the the best pitcher in our league. So nice. so uh, there's something to be proud of there. How old were and, you? Uh I had to be seven or eight. My first okay. year I didn't I didn't play T ball, <clears throat> I didn't play machine pitch. My first year playing I played uh just hit pitch. And All right. My second year, my second year is when I really came into my own. I was, uh, I think I have a plaque somewhere. I don't really know how accurate the stats are, but I hit like 800, uh, pitched, a combined was part of a combined no hitter went undefeated in our league, won a tournament, maybe two. I think it might've been just one, but played a little bit. Didn't really take it too seriously. Got into high school and, uh, I got cut in high school, but which is cool. But yeah, I played, uh, I think I played, I don't know, eight years, eight years total. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wish, wish I would have taken it a little more seriously. Right. But yeah. And then uh, for the Royals, you know, again, I went to a ton of opening days and just, a lot of random games, you know, back in the day when you could get sit in the high V section for five bucks.
1: Five dollars.
0: And uh, my dad in 2012, spring training 2012, took me, me and him just went out by ourselves to Arizona, caught some spring training games. We awesome. saw the Royals, Angels. I was one of the first people to get to see Albert Pujols in an Angels jersey. Um, it's all Royals A's the next day, Rockies and somebody else. I don't remember, but if you get a chance to go to spring training, whether it's Arizona or Florida, you definitely should. Cause it's an amazing time. And it was honestly the perfect time for us to go there because it was, you know, right when the, the Royals championship core was kind of blossoming. It was, I think that. I think Hosmer and Moose were up already, but you had uh, Lorenzo Cain was playing center field and didn't really know much about Lorenzo Cain at the time. But I remember me and my dad just watching him and we were like, that guy is going to be insane. And he ended up being arguably the best player during that run. Right. You know, in 2015 he was top 3 in MVP voting and that's pretty unheard of uh, out of a player in Kansas City. So Yeah, and then uh Royals made the playoffs in 2014. I was able to go to the American League Wild Card and game with my dad and kind of be part so of that awesome. roller coaster ride. Saw, so, you know, the Salvador Perez you know walk off down third base line under Josh Donaldson's glove one of the greatest games and moments in and
1: sports it's history
0: yeah fair ball yeah
1: and the royals win it
0: yep and uh <laughs> then the same season royals you know they won the wild card game and they had to play the 98 win one seed angels and they <laughs> swept the angels i went to game That's 3 pretty? of the ALDS and, oh wow i never knew that uh Greg Holland struck out Mike Trout to hmm. advance the Royals to the ALCS to, again, sweep the, sweep the, the uh, Orioles. There you go. Right. And then obviously, you know, Mad- Madison Bumgarner crushed our dreams and was just insane.
1: <laughs> Six uh, games, right?
0: Uh, we was lost in seven? seven. Yeah, we lost in yeah, seven. So yeah, because you remember the whole, st- the thing with, I oh, no. not know that game seven was Alex Gordon, Alex Gordon
1: yep. <laughs> we were should, going Mike
0: Jirshly, should Mike Jershly have sent him or not. Yep. That is the age old question in Kansas city.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And, uh, unfortunately, Salvador Perez popped up to sell, uh, Pablo Sandoval. Oh and yes. Ended that, but then Royals came back the next year and, um, Won ninety five games, won the AL Central, uh, clinched it. I was at the game that they clinched. It was against the Seattle Mariners. Then went to game one, <laughs> went to game one of the ALDS <laughs> with my mom, my wife, and my brother in law. And uh, Royals, I. That's so fuzzy to me because it was there was such a there was a huge rain delay. I know they lost that. I think they lost that game.
1: Oh yeah, I uh, forgot about that. It's but against the Astros,
0: yeah, it was against the Astros. That was the, the series that um Car- Carlos Correa had the error, yep, and up the middle, up the middle, yep. And then I was able to go, my dad and I went to game one of the World Series against the Mets, and you know, we saw we that were able to see uh Alex, well, Alcides Escobar hit an yeah. inside the park home run. <laughs> to lead off the game. Oh, and yes. Then, okay. And then uh, Alex Gordon hitting that bomb, the game tying bomb to oh, straightaway center field in uh the ninth inning against
1: right after Hosmer had let it go between his legs or whatever. Down the yeah. Right.
0: Right, at, right after the blunder by Hosmer. Yep. That's right. Yep. He saved and, his uh, life basically. <laughs> yep. And that I hope if, you know, if Alex Gordon gets a statue, I hope that it's him. Pointing his finger up and rounding first because it's got to be that's one of the greatest moments. Right. That I was able to see. And that game ended up going 14 innings and Texas Rangers general manager, Chris Young, got the win in that game. (laughs) And that guy's doing
1: work. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah, he uh, is
0: but yeah. Let's let's enough <laughs> about me. Let's talk about your Royals, your Royals days.
1: I mean, that's I was right there with all of that, except all from home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> couldn't afford those type of playoff tickets, but uh, yeah, bro, watch all that. I can still see Pablo Sandoval catching that final out, mm-hmm. and him celebrating. I think he kind of falls on his back or something. Yeah. And I just turned the TV off because me and (laughs) and Christy, we were at home watching and it was there and I'm like, oh man. And I I didn't have, I didn't have anything, you know, I'm not a blow up guy anyway, but I, I was just, I turned it off and I was like, all right, let's go to bed. Mm -hmm. Like it was just so defeating to be like, man, they were right there. And then they just redeemed themselves by going back to back, but then winning in 15 and, yeah, bro. But no, I mean, we used to uh, we used to skip school back in. I mean, geez, it would have been like 2000 to 2003 ish. I graduated in 2003, and we used to skip school, buy the five dollar Ivy tickets, <laughs> the nosebleeds, but then sit in down third base line, you know, at like one o'clock games or whatever, afternoon games. And just, nobody would say anything because it was the left field side, it was the way side, and you'd sit down there. There'd be nobody there. Every now and again, somebody would be like, "What's your ticket?" You know, but rarely. You just get to sit down there. Sometimes, yeah, we sit in,
0: uh, the two hundreds, and they'll they won't even bother you. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I hear. Just you know, I I never do anything wrong like
1: that, <laughs> <Right>. but <laughs> not <laughs> implicating you in any way. <laughs> But uh, a friend of mine, yeah, Chris. We used to go. He actually really kind of revitalized my fandom back then, and uh, yeah, we him and I would just we would consume so much baseball. We would sit there and watch, and this is really love of the game type stuff. And like he would, you know, it was like a, you know, seeing it through somebody else's eyes. To be like, he just loved the sound of like a fastball like popping into a mitt. You know, a 90-mile-an-hour just pop. He's like, I love that sound. And he would sit there and, like, call strikes, you know, balls and strikes and stuff, uh, like, waiting for him to, like, strike the dude out. And he's like, no, that's not a third strike, you know? And, um, yeah, kind of vicariously through him, I kind of really kind of revitalized my fandom. And, yeah, that was – we just went to so many games back then. Because, again, they were super cheap, super bad teams, but great players. You know, Johnny Damon and, uh, we, uh, God, who was there? Uh, you know, Aaron Guile. Aaron Giles, <laughs> That wow. guy. Okay. Just these random dudes who, like, nobody knows who the heck these guys are except, you know, KC fans. But, mm-hmm. you know, those types of teams where you're like, man, this is the best we got, but you, you still love them.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think, uh the Royals, the Royals really do, for how bad they are, they really do have a, a, a pretty loyal fan base to have people that, you know, can recite rosters or lineups from like the 2005 and six teams of just, abysmal abysmal season Mm -hmm. they had and you know to to see it all kind of come to fruition and you know it all pay off and they 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 win a championship in 2015 you know i think if a fan base deserved that it was kansas city and for sure hopefully (laughs) hopefully uh they can figure out what's going on with uh, themselves right now and get going in the right direction. We don't really have to get too far into that. but
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you definitely bring me on whenever we get closer to a stadium decision. You know, and mm. yeah. Definitely want to look at the rest of this season because, my goodness, they they traded so many people today. It's kind of insane. I mean, did they trade like six players? The Royals.
0: I think total, they traded six players. Not necessarily all today.
1: Oh, uh, well, yeah.
0: Just throughout the season, yeah.
1: And yeah, because there's like four pitchers or something yeah. that happened today or something.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. At most, I think, outside of, I think outside of Nicky Lopez, it was all pitchers that they traded. Right. But yeah, uh, so that's uh, that is uh, Tyler Mallon. and you know, like I said, uh, every Tuesday we are doing a show called the Football Kingdom Podcast, and we're again just going to discuss the NFL. We're going to discuss games, what's going on, you know, last week, what's going to happen next week, and uh, just have a good time. And these are going to be available wherever you get your podcasts. So again, yeah. Thank you, Tyler for coming on and hanging out. Uh, And he's the, he's my co-host of the football kingdom podcast. And I will link the first episode of this show into this episode description, but I'm Brandon Johnson. This is baseball. Thank you for listening.